Good morning. Thank you for joining me today on this second Sunday of Easter. Let us begin our worship with confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty God, with joy we celebrate the day of our Lord's resurrection. By the grace of Christ among us, enable us to show the power of the resurrection in all that we say and do. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from First John. We declare to you that what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, this life was revealed and we have seen it and testified to it, and declare to you that the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you that what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hand, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia! The joy of the resurrection continues for us today, this second Sunday of Easter. The joy that began last Sunday as we celebrated the risen Lord. In today's reading from John, the disciples had yet to experience Jesus' resurrection. They were hiding in fear of what had happened to Jesus. They were afraid the same could happen to them. They felt lost without their leader. They kept going over what had happened. They had heard that Jesus had risen from the dead, but it was so hard to believe in if they were now left alone, what was going to keep the religious leaders from coming after them? It was in the middle of all this confusion and doubt that Jesus appeared. There he was in the house with them where they had locked themselves in. Imagine being there with them. What would have been your first thoughts on seeing Jesus? I'm sure at first the disciples may have thought they were seeing something that could not be true. Then Jesus spoke to them. And just as Mary recognized Jesus when he spoke to her in the garden by the tomb, the disciples recognized Jesus when he spoke to them. Suddenly, they felt so much better. Everything Jesus had promised had come true. Their beloved Jesus was there with them, although not for long. Unfortunately, Thomas had not been there that day, and he questioned what the disciples told him when he returned. It was hard for him to believe that Jesus had come to them. He probably thought it was just what the disciples wanted to have happen, and so they imagined the whole encounter with Jesus. Jesus did not want to leave Thomas with such doubts, 
so he came back to see him. Notice Jesus did not scold Thomas for his unbelief. He willingly let Thomas see his scars. But then he reminded the disciples that not everyone would be able to see him. So he said to them, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We are the ones Jesus is talking about. We were not there to witness Jesus' death and resurrection. What we have learned about it has come from reading the Bible, attending worship, being in Sunday school and in Bible studies. It is believing without seeing. Yet sometimes do we have doubts just like Thomas? Our faith is something that we would like to think will always be strong and unwavering. Yet I'm sure we all have experienced times when our faith was tested and we did not always pass the test. Anne Lamott in her book, Plan B, Further Thoughts on Faith, puts it this way. I have a lot of faith, but I am also afraid a lot and have no real certainty about anything. I remembered something Father Tom had told me. The opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness and discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. The opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Just like Thomas, we will all have times of doubt. Sometimes we will be afraid to admit we doubt, because it seems if we doubt, we don't have faith. But that is not true. It is when we stop doubting that we lose our faith. We should always be asking questions, always searching to know more, always questioning, and knowing that we will probably never get the answers we are looking for, but that is all right. Those who cannot believe without proof will never believe. If we try to search for proof of God's existence, we will never find it. Well, I have had times when I thought, could it be that there is no God? Could it be that all we read in the Bible is a bunch of stories, a good fiction book? I don't have any proof that God exists. And then I look around me. I see the blue sky, the green grass, the beautiful sunrise. I hear the birds chirping and the children laughing. And I know I am experiencing the presence of God in everything that surrounds me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Jesus said those words for us, not so we would never have any doubts, but because he knew that there would be many people who would never see the risen Christ until he comes again. 
and until then he wanted us to have his words to cling to, words to guide us, words to help us during our times of doubt. We will all encounter people who will challenge our beliefs, who will ask us for proof, who will refuse to believe in anything they can't, that cannot be proven. They refuse to doubt. These are the people whose certainty keeps them away from Jesus. So what can we do? We can live our lives as an example of Christ in this world. We can pray for them in their unbelief. We may struggle with their unbelief, but we know that God does not give up that easily. God is always working in this world to bring more people into his kingdom. Go out into this world with God by your side. Know that your doubts are a part of growing in faith. Don't be afraid to express your doubts. Thomas was quite vocal about his doubts, and look what happened to him. Jesus came to him, and Jesus comes to us every day. As I said last week, Easter is not a day, but a way of life, a life with Jesus. Using the words of the Nicene Creed, let us confess our holy faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. 
We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Alive in the risen Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring our prayers before God, who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. You shower your church with grace, O God. Unite the whole church on earth, so that with one heart it testifies to the resurrection of Jesus Christ with power and love. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You proclaim the blessing of life forevermore. Like dew upon the lands, refresh your creation. Restore waters, cleanse the air, and provide revitalizing moisture to parched land. Give your whole creation the promise of new life. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You direct the nations, O God. Guide all in authority that they shepherd their peoples in the ways of your love. Bestow the peace of Christ upon everyone and breathe in them the Holy Spirit. And be with all those in military service and their families. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You place within the heart of the church a spirit of sharing. Give us the power of your generous spirit that we provide for the needs of others, especially those listed in our bulletin, those we carry in our hearts, and those we name aloud. Meyer Tracy Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You share the gift of eternal life. In thanksgiving and remembrance, we recall the lives and gifts of those who now live in endless joy. Unite us with them in the resurrection hope. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. In the hope of new life in Christ, we raise our prayers to you, trusting in your never-ending goodness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.
Go in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God.